they always said to me, both my mother and father, that you can be anything you want to be, Greg, in life. You can achieve anything you want to. It's going to take an incredible amount of hard work, but don't doubt that you can do it. You can. You just have to work your butt off. And I think that I've tried to instill that confidence in my children to say, look, it's going to be really, really hard, but if you see an idea and you, you believe in something, I, I want you to pursue it. You got to pick yourself up, go backwards and slam yourself at the wall like 500 more times until the wall crumbles. 25% of middle school girls already believe they'll never achieve their dream career. career. Hi, I'm Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint. Hint. And you're listening to Unstoppable, a podcast spotlighting the journeys of inspiring entrepreneurs. I believe that at its core, leadership is about constantly learning from the people around you. And I'm so inspired by the conversations we're having in our upcoming episodes and can't wait to share them with you. This season, some of my guests include Rebecca Minkoff, fashion designer and founder of the Female Founder Collective, Diana Kaff, author of Girls Who Run the World, Andrew Dudham, founder of Hymns, and Eugene Rem, co-founder of Rumble Fitness, and much, much more. Plus, we ask the million-dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from Unstoppable, and I'm so excited to have our next guest here who is, I mean, Super, super fan of this woman, uh, Greg Renfrew. Greg is the founder and CEO of Beauty Counter. And I, I can't imagine that you don't know what Beauty Counter is. But in case you do not know what Beauty Counter is and who Greg Renfrew is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She pioneered the clean beauty industry as we know it today. She founded a company called beautycounter.com, a clean beauty brand dedicated to getting safer personal care and beauty products into the hands of everyone. Uh, she's an advocate for more federal regulation and around clean beauty, specifically for the FDA to ban the use of harmful ingredients. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, Greg's push for stronger cosmetic safety laws is providing lots and lots of consultants, 50,000 now, is that right? Yes, we have 50,000 women and men across North America right now helping us build our business. That's, and our efforts. that's yeah. so amazing. And uh, mostly women, which is also amazing, uh, with the opportunity to be business owners and activists. As I mentioned to her, that I have a very good friend of mine who's one of her consultants down in Texas. And uh, she just loves everything about Beauty Counter, is a huge advocate for you guys and you. So Greg has spoken at Vanity Fair's Founders Fair and Fortune's Most Powerful Women Next Gen Summit as well, as well as many of the top business schools. And uh, on today's show, we're going to dive into her unique point of view as a mission-driven, purpose-driven, which as you all know, is really what we love to cover and really highlight on the show. So welcome, Greg. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, super, super excited. So, so we'll just jump right in. So you've pioneered the clean beauty industry with Beauty Counter. What, take us back a few years, what kind of inspired you to do this? You know, it started actually quite a few years ago. In 2006, I watched an inconvenient truth and became very impassioned with the environmental health movement. And subsequent to that, over the next couple of years, I was living in New York City, um, new mom, um, and was watching all of these friends of mine 
giving birth to kids with significant health issues, struggling with fertility issues, being diagnosed with different types of cancer. And, and I was trying to figure out how to connect the dots between what was wrong with the earth and what was wrong with human health. And one of the things that I could point to was our exposure to toxic chemicals. And so we sort of made all these sweeping changes in my life, I was able to you know, switch from plastic to glass and start washing my floors with water and vinegar or switch to safer cleaning brands. But when it came to skincare and cosmetics, there just weren't any products that met my new high standards. Like they were great products from mass market to luxury that were on trend and aspirational and chic and worked really well, but they were filled with harmful chemicals. And then there were these very, very small niche or deep brands that didn't really meet my needs from a performance standpoint. And so I started Beauty Counter because I thought there's an opportunity to change an industry to create products that everyone told me would be impossible to make that were high performing and significantly safer. And that's what we set out to do uh, and launched seven years ago doing just that. So seven years ago was when you started it. So you were in New York at the time when you launched it? No, we were in New York. I was in New York I, and in, in spring of 2008, I was transferred to Los Angeles with my husband's job and we launched in March of 13, but I started concepting it in, in sort of late 2010, early 2011. So it took us like, two years to bring the product to market because of course there were no products that I could use. Uh, I thought, you know, originally I was naively thinking, oh, I'll take base formulas of other brands or and just mix a few ingredients, but that's not actually what happened. We had to start everything from scratch and it took a couple of years. And so were you like me making it in your kitchen and your house initially and sort of putting it together? No, I never did that. You know, honestly, I didn't come from the beauty industry and you know, because you know, through sunscreen, but it's just, it's pretty, pretty complicated to figure out how to make a high performance tinted moisturizer or um, you know, an, an age-defying solution or whatever. So I partnered early on with a woman named Chrissy Coleman well in advance of our launch. And she was, a, was really the first true makeup artist to go green. And we started working with um, independent chemists and labs to try to formulate these products. You buy them formulating them. You no know one would have ever used them and the company would have been bankrupt immediately because it's not my skill set. Um, but you know, I did start it with an idea at my kitchen table, just yeah. like I'm sure you That's awesome. Thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now? Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie smart. Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week too, like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices, snacks and beverages now too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part, each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
That's code GOLDEN50 at Factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. And so you mentioned there that you weren't in the beauty industry. So what was, so what were you doing before this? Well, I've been entrepreneurial most of my life. I mean, I think that the, the primary focus of my career, or this sort of common thread has been in sort of sales and marketing and business development, both in finance. I started, I started by selling Xerox copiers back in the day. And it's interesting because there's a, a film out right now or a series out called Unorthodox. And it is it's great. Serious. I love it. Yeah. I loved it. I wish there was more of it. I was so upset. It was like, I heard oh. it's coming back actually. Oh, good. I hope it does. Cause I loved it. But I actually served that community. It was the Orthodox Jewish community that probably lived in Williamsburg, but actually worked on the West side of, of New York city in the jewelry district. And I had to sell to these men and mostly it was all men. And so I've always, you know, sort of been in this, you know, going out there, putting myself out there to sell product. Um, years later, I founded a company called The Wedding List, which I sold to Martha Stewart and, and continued on my entrepreneurial endeavors, ultimately to get into where, when I started Beauty Counter. That's awesome. Lots of jobs along the way, some successes, some failures for sure. Did you know that Beyonce's dad 
uh, sold Xerox copiers too? No, I did not. Awesome. We met with him. We met with him. I don't know, probably 12 years ago when we started. I mean, we started our company going on 15 years this month, but we had met with him and, and, you know, it, it was just, yeah, like he sold Xerox copiers for years. And while Beyonce was like young and doing, you know, try, trying to be a singer, he was like selling Xerox copiers and he was like the number one salesperson in Houston. And, and it was That's like, nice. I know, I mean, he he told me that the best at the, that the best business people actually sold Xerox copiers. And I was like, is that right? They did. They did. I, I went to Xerox because I, I felt and had the best sales training program in the United States at the time. And actually the other person that's of note that was a Xerox salesperson and I run and, and sort of coincidentally, not ironically, coincidentally had the same district that I did as Howard Schultz. And so I emailed him, I, I met him once and I subsequently emailed him to say, you and I, you know, you and I shared the same district. And, and so, so hopefully, you know, Beauty County will be as big as Starbucks someday. I love <laughs> it. That's, that's so great. So we, so I, I love the fact though, that you didn't have any experience in an industry. Cause I hear this, I, I didn't, you know, have any beverage experience either, but you know, it really was this white space that you saw that was this problem and you wanted to go out and solve it. I mean, what do you think is the, like, I feel like, you know, you talked about mission-based brand, purpose-based brands. What do you think is kind of like, how do you do that? Like, how do you even start it? You know, if somebody's, I always think about this from the perspective of somebody wanting to go start a business, but also like, how do you, you have teenagers as well. Like, how do you sort of like get them to kind of, you know, be trained to think this way and, and go out and do, you know, take risks and, and go and do, you know, the next beauty counter or hint or, you know, what, right. how do you think about that? You know, it's a good question. I think that for me, it was a couple of things. I think that from a very early age, my parents gave me one incredible gift, which was the gift of confidence to say, they always said to me, both my mother and father, that you can be anything you want to be, Greg, in life. You can achieve anything you want to. It's going to take an incredible amount of hard work, but don't doubt that you can do it. You can. You just have to work your butt off. And I think that I've tried to instill that confidence in my children to say, look, it's going to be really, really hard, but if you see an idea, you, you believe in something, I, I want you to pursue it. I also think that, you know, faced with the necessity of making money, I mean, I, you know, one of the things that my parents did, which I hated at the time, but you know, they, you know, they, well, first of all, they always made me work from when I was like 11 years old on. And, you know, my parents had come from relatively well-positioned families, but my dad, my parents got divorced. My dad ended up losing kind of all of our money. And my mother was, you know, a two, two-year college person. She had, she had gone to a two-year college, women's college, and had really not been working and was forced to figure out a way to earn an income to support our family in the manner that she wanted us to be, to be raised and whatever, and to create a lifestyle for us. And so I watched my mother doing that whole life and she would buy, properties on the fringe of neighborhoods and put money into them and then sell them for a profit. And we would live off of that and move up and up. And so I think that I always had to work. I always wanted to work and I was always looking for opportunities to work in a way that fit my lifestyle. And so for me, I think when you think about people considering, you know, an entrepreneurial endeavor, it's, you know, one, do, do you need to work? Do you want to work? Do you have that passion, grit and determination? And where do you see things as a consumer that aren't available to you that you think you could bring into the market. I think that's what you did. That's what I did, which is you see an unmet need and you want to pursue it with, with passion and persistence. And I, I think it's, it's, and people always say like, Oh, wow. Well, did you think about starting beauty counter? 
or hint when you think about it, you're probably just taking it one day at a time, one step at a time. You're not thinking I'm going to start this big company. You're thinking I have an idea and I'm going to pursue it along the way. And I think oftentimes people get stopped. They stop in their tracks because they, they get overwhelmed by the, the long-term goal as opposed to just focusing on the steps that get you there, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I worry actually when I talk to entrepreneurs and they say, you know, we're going to build this company and, you know, it's going to get sold in a couple of years and it's, you know, it's because of X, Y, Z. And I'm, you know, I, I always say like, it's one thing to have a plan together. Maybe if you're going to go look for venture money or private equity or whatever your plan is like that. But, you know, if your purpose is actually to go flip this in a couple of years, like, you know, it's just, it's like the concept of saying like, I just want to be rich, right? Like that's, you know, it's just, yeah, like it's just, right. And it's just along the way. And I think that it starts with, you know, you just, you know, plucking away all, all the time at, at this, I, you know, as you and I were talking about, I have a book coming out in, in October. And, uh, I remember this one guy, Josh Dorf, who is a, uh, he runs a company called Stoneburr Flour that it was the original, the first organic whole wheat flour company. And he, a uh, friend of a friend, and I was talking to him about, you know, starting this company Hint. And he said, you know, just remember one thing. He said, you know, you'll get into Whole Foods eventually. And then you have to give yourself a pat on the back and keep moving right? Keep, keep going and keep going. And he said, this is pick and shovel work. And I was like, writing down pick and shovel work. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, it's just, you got to celebrate the wins, but you got to just keep going. You got to keep picking and find new challenges for yourself and keep growing. And I still like think back on that all the time. And you've done that as well. You're constantly innovating and creating and which I really, really admire. I think it's, I think you're right. And I think that I always say overnight success is a decade of your life 24 seven. That's truly what overnight success looks like. And people think like you can just snap your fingers and the, this brand explodes. And yes, through technology, there've been technological advances, advances that have helped people reach more people faster. But the reality is that there's nothing that replaces commitment and persistence and just hard work. And it is really hard to build a business and to build a brand and you know people say like what does a good look day look like and I'm always like a good day is a day when I don't make as many mistakes as I made the day before because at the end of the day you're constantly you know that's a good day and I think that you you know I think oftentimes people to your point earlier they're building a flash in the pan business they're building to go public or sell if you're if you're rooted in wanting to get rich like well one then you should really go work on Wall Street because that's the fastest Get rich. If you want to build a business or a brand, you should just recognize the fact it's going to take time and you have to genuinely care about the work that you do. You have to believe it's important because you won't get up on those mornings, those many, many mornings when everything's going wrong and you're exhausted. You know, it's, it's an incredibly difficult job to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So how did you decide, you talked about your 50,000 beauty counter consultants. Uh, which is amazing. You're giving that all these people jobs and, and roles and ways to make money. How did you decide to do that? Like what was sort of the, the kind of moment where you said, this is the way that this business will actually run? You know, it's interesting. So I said earlier, I didn't come from beauty, but I did have a background. I had been my most, my, the last you know, full-time job I had before Beauty Counter was I was running a company called Best and Company, which is a very high-end children's clothing company that was owned by Tommy and Susie Hilfiger at the time. And I was selling within Neiman Marcus and Bergdorf's. 
and I was watching the department stores chain starting to wane, if not, I, I just knew that they were over, that their time had come and was, was about to pass. And I knew that all the beauty products were primarily distributed through department stores. And I knew that on a macro level, the world was going direct to consumer. This gig economy was emerging. You were seeing brands start to emerge that came out of the, the sort of the last recession in 2008, 2009 that were more digitally focused. And I also was thinking about the fact that clean beauty was not a thing. There was no word clean beauty when we started. It was still green and it was still, and, and I really, I can't prove we coined the phrase, but I, I really believe that we did because I remember saying, no, because that, that still pigeonholes you by calling it green. We want to make it you know, commercially viable for everyone. We want to reach everyone. And I started to think about you know, the fact that the department store and all stores, you know, whether they're drugstore or department stores, um, the distribution channels were dominated by the incumbents, by all the brands that everyone had grown up with. And they didn't want the story of clean to get out there. It was not a story that they wanted to be told. And so, and, but knowing how powerful they were, I thought well, we've got to sort of create an underground movement and we need to be able to tell the story person to person, whether that happens digitally or physically. And a friend said, if you consider direct sales, to which I was like, hell no. Because all I thought about were those companies that over-promised and under-delivered that said, oh, spend 500, I'll show you how to make 5,000. And I'm like, no, it's, it's a job like any other, it's hard work. But I love the idea of mobilizing a group of committed women and men to create a movement to make the world safer and healthier for all. And when I, when I, when I realized that we could do this through people, I became really, really excited like that. It, like, it was like a light bulb went off. That said, I also knew that we had to have multiple channels because I knew today's consumer wanted, they don't like to be dictated to. They don't want to be told how they're going to shop your brand. And so we, from the beginning, had beautycounter.com. We had our network of independent consultants building businesses on our platform. And we had retail partnerships. And, and ultimately, we've had our own, a few of our own stores. And I think that ecosystem has allowed us to build a real brand and also to build business opportunities for women and men across North America, which I've loved. It's been amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So we're, we're uh, recording this actually during COVID and shelter in place. And we're both uh, we're both in our houses now. What do you think is, you know, how has this time been for you and your company overall? And I mean, obviously, you're not relying on retail stores that are closed, right? And uh, so that, I think, has probably put you into a better position than may, maybe many other cosmetics companies that didn't look so seriously at kind of online or, um, but I'd be curious to hear kind of how you're thinking about it. Yeah, well, thanks for asking. I mean, I think, look, it's, it's an incredibly challenging time for everyone in, in every way that we know. And I think that, you know, I always think about servant leadership with our people, but as a, as a company, how do we serve our communities? And I think that from day one, Beauty Counter has been really focused on three things. One, health and safety of families. We'll stop. That's the only reason I started the company. Uh, we've always been focused on community, our independent consultants, not only is it the 50,000 of them, but it's all the people that they serve. And they've been supportive of one another, not just through business, but just as people. I think women tend to band together if they can find common ground. And I've just heard more stories about the way in which they've reached out and supported one another in times of need and sickness, other, other things. And then I think the third thing is that we've always focused on creating economic opportunities and stability for families. And so right now, I think that we're in a fortunate position in that we can serve communities right now. We do have a product that is not distributed primarily through wholesale, you know, so we are able to continue our business. We've, you know, look, we've taken a hit like everyone has, but we do have consumable products and skincare and shampoo and body wash, et cetera, that people are still using. And we have a business opportunity and we've seen so many people join our business over the last 
six weeks who've either been furloughed or they've lost their jobs or a spouse or partner has lost their jobs. And I feel very thankful that I've that we've been able to create a platform upon which people can, even if it's just a short-term three-month thing, they can become an independent consultant and start to earn if they choose to, to work at that business. And that that makes me feel proud of our company because, because people are in need of jobs right now, honestly, and they're needing to replace income. And while it's not easy, it is it is possible to do this with Beauty Counter and do it from the safety and comfort of your home on calls like this or on their social channels. And, and so it's been great. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's... Uh, that's you know, I think you guys are super well positioned for this time too. And I, I think it's, I feel like, uh, I mean, for our business, we're an essential product. So it's, um, it's, you know, definitely been okay for us um, in that, you know, we're, uh, we're in stores like the Targets and the, you know, we're actually going to Costco and some others um, coming up in the next few weeks. But, um, but being an essential product, I think, in these stores has been, I mean, we're grocery stores, which are, which are open, so that's been fine. But our direct-to-consumer business has just been crazy because people are sitting at home. And the key thing that we're hearing from consumers um, is that their focus on health is that much more. And I think it's products like yours, um, products like ours that I don't think are going to go away. I think everybody, you know, knows somebody who's had Corona and, um, you know, I, th I think that you sort of have this, you know, at least I do have this idea in my head, like, why do some people get it? Some people in the same house, you know, some people show signs, some people don't, you know, and, and I think that there's a, you know, overlying arch for everybody that says, I've just got to stay healthy. Right. And I, with everything. And I, I think it's it's, um, you know, the fact that you allow people to order online and and if businesses aren't open or if they're opening slower, then, you know, that you guys are in a great spot. So it's interesting you said that, because I think that when you're talking about COVID, I think that one of the things I've said all along to people is sometimes people say, well, why does clean matter? And they'll say, well, my mother, you know, smoked a pack of cigarettes her whole life and it was fine and lived till 95, right? And you hear those stories all the time. And I do know, and you know, that our exposure to toxic chemicals, whether they come in a, in a drink, if, they're, if it's a specific food diet, I mean, they're, they're our exposure to these chemicals of concern are wreaking havoc on our endocrine systems. They're, 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 they're creating, you know, they're, they're wreaking havoc on our bodies. And so... In, in an effort to protect our greatest asset, which is our health, I do think that people are increasingly looking to brands that are clean, whether that's in the food industry, whether that's in, in the personal care and cosmetic industry. And I think the other thing that they're looking for, and I think you and I share this, is they're looking for authenticity. They're looking for like no bullshit, honest, transparent, candid conversations between themselves and the brands that they that they support. I think that's important yeah. right now. No, I absolutely do as well. And I feel like the other thing that you really speak to as well is that you have the backup, like you are constantly educated about these issues as well. And you're, you know, constantly searching for more and more information too. And, you know, that's not only in your everyday business, but talk a little bit about what you've done in Washington, because I think it's just, it's super admirable. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I think when I started Beauty Counter, I always said that we set out to get safer products into the hands of everyone. That has been our mission. 
And that wasn't, the mission is not to get beauty counter products into the hands of everyone. I know for a variety of reasons, we're not accessible to everyone, whether it's when we're not financially accessible to some or whether we're not physically in front of them and others, you know, one brand can't reach everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Starbucks or I, you know, but in, in general, they can't. And so we really felt that in the absence of cosmetic reform, in the absence of more health protective legislation over this industry, all Americans would still be unnecessarily subjected to toxic chemical exposure in their day-to-day -day life through their personal care and cosmetic products. And so knowing that a couple of things that many people listening may not know, you know, we haven't updated a major federal law governing our industry since 1938, so it's been 82 years. And since then over 85,000 chemicals have been introduced into commerce, about 10 to 12,000 of which are used in personal care products. The EU banned or restricted 1,400 over well over a decade ago, and the United States to date has only banned 30. And so we're dangerously far behind the times in, in really in two ways, in my opinion. Number one, the FDA is not screening chemicals for safety before the ingredients are put into the products that are put on the shelves. And Americans just assume when they go to Costco, to Target, to Bloomingdale's, to wherever they're going online, that those products are safe, but many, many times they have chemicals of concern in them. And the second thing they don't realize is that unlike the, your industry, the food industry, food and beverage industry, that if a product is known to cause harm to health, the FDA does not have the right to recall the product. They don't have that power. And so we started from day one when we launched building our advocacy efforts and utilizing our network of independent consultants, our community at large, to send hundreds of thousands of texts and emails. And we've done over 1,500 meetings on the Hill. And we focus on both state and federal level to, to urge members of Congress to take action and to protect the health of citizens by giving them power to the FDA to recall product and to start screening products for safety or ingredients for safety. It's crazy to me that it isn't happening today. Yeah, no, it, it's nuts. And it's, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm working on a whole clean water initiative and we're actually, it's been delayed a bit um, between the impeachment hearings and, and uh, you know, the whole COVID issue, but I'm working on an initiative that we're hoping to get in front of Congress this summer around clean water. So you may or may not know this, but, uh, but our product, because we use fruit, is actually regulated by the FDA, but regular bottled water and tap water is not regulated yeah, by the FDA. So well, I don't buy bottled like tap water. I mean, it doesn't seem here like we're in, a, we're in a rental house. That's a whole other story. So the same, but you know, I, you know, I'm the person who has like the Airstream that's like making my sparkling water myself. And I'm really hyper about the water because it, everyone just assumes it's totally safe. They see like, you know, whatever brand, I don't like to speak disparagingly about brands, but they think, not to mention that they're leaving, you know, the, the, all the, some of these brands aren't thinking about the, the, the packaging and how what its impact is on the earth, whether it's leaching chemicals into the water. There's so many things and people people aren't made aware of those facts very often. So I, I commend you and, and we at Beauty Gunner would be happy to get behind helping you when you do that because we do that for other things beyond like beauty industry because I think, again, we all have to join forces to band together to move things in the right direction. So I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you're doing that. Yeah, the first step is, um, is drinking fountains. So we're really focusing on schools initially and uh, getting testing done in schools. So it ends up that only 60% of drinking fountains throughout the US in our kids' schools. And obviously there's taps that are in people's homes surrounding those schools, but only 60% um, are actually being tested. And so like in California, for example, we're one of the states that actually, or I should say 60% of states. So in California, we are one of the states that are testing for lead. 
um, but we are not testing for PFAS when um, you know the the actual testing within schools is uh, is a little bit you know what I don't feel is enough that if you end up getting like 80% of your drinking fountains have are free of lead, then you pass. Like, why should that be? And then does that say that, you know, the people that are, let's say that the first and second grades um, that where their drinking fountains are in those corridors, uh, let's say they don't pass, parents don't actually know that they don't, that they don't pass. Instead, it's like the, the school gets a passing of approval. So we're really digging in and looking um, you know, at a lot of these things. I mean, PFAS, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but, you know, my quick story on this was that when we started bottling 15 years ago, before we actually bottle, we get a, uh, we get, you know, basically the, the water supply, we're looking at eight different plants throughout the U.S., and we're looking at exactly what the water looks like, and, um, and over the last 15 years, the water varies greatly in all these different areas. We remove everything out of the water so that we can add fruit to it and no preservatives into the product. And like I said, we're regulated by the FDA. But my question was like, what happens to bottled waters? And like we put our product through reverse osmosis, which actually takes out the lead and the plastic and the arsenic and the copper and all of these things, but what happens to bottled water companies? So that the crunchy bottles that you'll buy, the whatever, you know, 36 bottles for, you know, $3.99 at a local store. So that is, is not actually being tested for a lot of these different chemicals and that's not put through reverse osmosis. And so it's crazy and consumers don't know that. They just assume that it's safe because it ends up on the shelf and and so I started asking these questions a few years ago and actually went to the EPA on it. And the EPA's response was that um, this, the, the states are required, you know, it's, their, it's under their jurisdiction. And I'm like, well, this is crazy because consumers don't know that well, that's happening. Yeah, it's the same thing that in the, in the cosmetic industry, we test for heavy metals. No one talks about heavy metals. Right. We talk about and parabens and things like that, but they're not talking about in color cosmetics, the high levels of heavy metals. And we test every single batch of our cosmetics for those heavy metals to look for trace contaminants, just like you are with your water. And it's the same thing. The consumers have no idea because no one's telling them and because the FDA is not doing anything about it. We've seen you know, very publicly brands like Claire's and Justice and all these, these brands that have been finding like high levels of arsenic and other things in, in the makeup that's being marketed to children. And so we've been really, you know, trying to focus on this and where it, where the problems also exist in terms of passing legislation is who actually makes the final decision. Is it states or is it the federal government? And, and that's where the, the, the sort of the, the deadlock, where they just can't get, get it through is that they can't agree on who actually makes the final decision. And so, you know, we, as you have always been focused at Beauty Counter on education because we want people to understand what's going on out there, not to scare them, but to empower them through information so that they can make informed choices. And I think that's, again, one of the reasons why I've loved using independent consultants also is to take 50,000 voices and have them educate their communities on the need for safer ingredients in the same way that you're talking about someone who's sending their child to school, just assuming that the tap water in the water fountain is safe. You know, we want them to understand that the products that they're putting on their bodies that seem to be that are marketed as natural or organic or pure, maybe none of the above, and help them navigate. You know, I say, like, if nothing else, go shop the market fragrance-free. If nothing else, like, look for certain 
dyes in products and you know synthetic fragrance or you know oxybenzone and sunscreen or whatever like whatever it is like to help people understand that they can navigate these waters but they need to be you need to give them small at least small bits of information to help them make those decisions it, it's it's there are a lot of secrets in our industry and in your industry that that we're trying to sort of i'm trying to say like, let's undo the secrets of the beauty industry let's have a real conversation about what's happening out there and help help people make better choices. Yeah, I love it. And I love your, the never list. Can you talk about that really quick? That's on your. Yeah. So we started, you know, I think that, you know, as a consumer and you and I are both speaking the same language, right? For, for consumers, they have to navigate very murky waters. They don't know what is and is not safe because they're not always being told the truth. And I don't care if that's in the food industry or in the personal care industry. And so we created the never list, which is a list of ingredients that we will never formulate with that are ingredients that are linked to reproductive toxicity, neurotoxicity, endocrine disruption, and cancer. And we have a list now of 1800 ingredients and people will claim that they have more. We don't list every single, we'll, we'll, we'll list classes of ingredients versus every single synthetic ingredient in fragrance that could be hundreds more. But the idea is how do we find the safest ingredients to protect your health that also performs so that you have a product that you're going to enjoy using that gives you the performance that you expect that simultaneously is safe for health. And that was our, our first step in, in pioneering clear and clean was creating the Neverless. Now, as a company that has led this industry, we're now trying to go well beyond that to say that's the first step of being clean. But now how do we look holistically at what clean means up and down the supply chain? And now we're, we're you know, I would say we're, we're trying to up, as everyone is, we're trying to take it to a much higher level. Um, but at least that's something that people can download and, and shop the market with and, and it helps them. I hope that they can outsource their trust to us because we're doing that homework for them and they don't have to try to, you know, if you're not a chemist, I mean, even in the industry that I've worked in and been building this business, I look at these labels and people will walk up to me and say, is this safe? And I'm like, I don't even know what some of these things are. I can't even answer the question myself, you know, that there's just so many chemicals out there. So that was the intention of it, it was for formulation and for education. Yeah, and sometimes the ingredient labels are so tiny, like I'll, you know, I mean, even people who have like great eyes, which I don't anymore, like can't even read them. I mean, that's the thing that's so frustrating. So. And, that's, and that's partially intentional. And by the way, just to be really clear for people that are listening, when you see a word like fragrance on a cosmetic label, personal care label, they don't, under international IP law, you do not have to disclose the ingredients that go into that fragrance. And many of the most offensive chemicals are found in fragrance. And so people just see the word fragrance, but they have no idea all the nasties that are underneath that word that don't have to be disclosed. There, there are also ways that they can claim to be preservative free because they can, they can pre-preserve raw ingredients somewhere along the supply chain and then extract those ingredients and then claim to be preservative free, but they're not preservative free. They just, they just found a loophole in the whole system. So it's, it's frustrating that people are you know, being misled and that's what we're trying to help undo. Oh, I think it's awesome. So what makes you unstoppable? I always ask these, this question. Good question. You know, at the end of the day, I think that the work that we're doing is important. I feel that being able to educate people, to advocate for cosmetic reform, to, to bring great high-performing prices to the market and, and doing that while simultaneously uplifting communities through economic opportunities, you know, for our independent consultants. Like, I think the work we're doing is important. Like, I don't think I would work this hard just to, I don't know, make some tax fee. Like, it's just not worth it to me. Like, for me, it was how do we, 
make the world safer? How do we make our company country stronger? How do we help educate and empower people through both education and economic opportunity? And that gets me out of bed every night, every day. And it's um, it also gets me out of bed every night. I swear I never sleep. I'm like perpetually exhausted. That's why I'm like, can we figure out more products to help you? No, sleep? you look amazing. You look amazing, and you always have so much energy. But it's, you know, you get tired, but I think, you know, you care. I mean, at the end of the day, you started this conversation earlier by talking about people who want to get rich or who want to build a business and sell it overnight. That's not what I intended to do. It's not what you intended to do. I intended to change an industry, to lead by example, to make things that are better and safer. And that gets me out of bed every morning. And it doesn't mean that we don't, that I'm not scared a lot of the time. It doesn't mean that I haven't had tons of failures or that I don't lack confidence in moments. But, but when you think that the work that you're doing is important, you, you get up in the morning. And totally. I think that you I'm guessing get up in the morning too and are unstoppable because you're doing something that matters yeah no absolutely um so what's your favorite hint flavor that's the other question I, I'm drinking cherry right now but uh um that's a good question you know I don't know I don't do I actually don't drink a lot of fruit water I don't know what my favorite hint flavor is I've drank a lot of your ones but I don't it's not like honestly one of my regular day-to-days but I would say um, I know that you have one that I've had that has like berries in it. Is it strawberries or raspberries? I'm trying to remember what it was. We had some in our office. Um, yeah, I don't yeah know. we'll get you some too. We have the strawberry kiwi fizz. You love carbonation, right? Yes, I love I love carbonation. I um, you know, it's funny because I used to be a big diet coke drinker, and I um, I obviously swore off of that because it's like the devil, and that took me like a decade to get off of that. And then I started drinking way too much iced tea and so I'm like I'm either like plain water iced tea or occasionally if I if I'm craving like a diet coke type of sensation I have sparkling water but um but I know that you sent some products to our office and our, it was so funny because I never even got to 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 get one because they were gone before they even like people were like going crazy like I, I know in BB Canada we have so many fans so um I do remember that there was a very one that I loved I just don't remember the name of it because I, I don't pay attention to labels but yeah um we'll, but send, so, we'll send you some more we'll send you I know you like the carbonated one so we'll definitely get you some more that's that's awesome so where do people find you what's the best way to get a hold well obviously beautycounter.com definitely go check it out and uh and are you guys hiring right now as well greg so we are yeah you know it's funny because we're hiring people both that you know i think on, on corporate we've sort of taken a bit of a pause but we are always looking for great people and in our field of independent consultants we have i think we've you know had about five thousand join our people join our business in the last six weeks who are really trying to build businesses on our platform. Um, and so that's been, that's been great. And if people are interested in that business opportunity, they can go to beautycounter.com and look at, at the joining the independent consultant opportunity. And, it, and it's not for everyone, but it is really rewarding for people, both, both just because they have social impact and they're able to earn money if they work hard. You know, <laughs> it's not like you snap your fingers and you're going to make money, but if you actually believe in, in safer, cleaner products and, want to reach out to your community you, you have an opportunity to earn um yeah so you know we're we're staying the course in both of those areas for sure but yeah you can find us on beautycounter.com you can find me at greg renfrew i'm on instagram and facebook i actually went off of facebook for years but i was like i gotta get back on it even though you know i mean it's like who has time to do all this i'm not the best on social media but but um but I do, I do believe in trying to reach out to people and, you know, it helps us build our movement. No, I, I love it. And it's Greg with two G's, G-R-E-G-G, -G -G, just so everybody can find Renfrew. Well, this is awesome. Thanks so much. And, and uh, stay, stay safe and well. And, and hopefully we'll see each other live soon.
It would be great. We'll have to do some other speaking engagement together. It was fun last time we did. So. I, would, I would love that. Okay, great. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Greg. If you like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. unstoppable. unstoppable.